Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. CK Potters, happy Wednesday. Curly and I will be discussing some potential trade targets in our all-in check or fold segment. As always, make sure to email us your fantasy questions to tckpod at gmail.com and shoot us a DM on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag TCKPod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Anyone want to play poker now? Guys, what's first lesson in poker? Never bet on the, uh... No, uh, leave emotion at the door. That's right, Topher. I'm all in. Pot limit bra. Without looking? Without looking. Pretty sure he looked. I'll see y'all 2,000. And, um... Well, can I just bet everything I have left? It's weak. No one's gonna buy it, and you shouldn't be selling it. <laughs> I'm out. Oh, what the hell? I feel like being silly, y'all. I'll call. I don't care about the money. I'm just going to outplay the guy. I'm just going to outplay this guy at this hand. Good morning, brother. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing uh, doing very fantastic. Looks like Monday is a holiday, so uh, so all schools will be closed for us. So so the missus and I, might, we might go out for a, a camping trip in the low desert. As you know, it's no longer summertime in the desert, so it's... Uh, it's beautiful time right now. Um, God, the weather is really beautiful, and we had a really good monsoon season. We had a ton of rain, so the, the desert is super green right now. So 
I'm excited to go out for a quick camping trip and hopefully we'll be back for that Sunday night football matchup. That's awesome, man. That's great. Yeah. Up here, the, uh, it's, it's definitely starting to get cold, man. Um, you know how it is living in Eugene many years. It's, it's starting to get cold. It's, it's definitely getting wet. And, uh, I would not, I would not, uh, say that it's camping season in Eugene. No. <laughs> so enjoy that, man. Enjoy, enjoy the outdoors. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. So hopefully uh, you and the missus get some time away. So um, yeah. And hopefully you can get back for, for Sunday night. Uh, we had a nice Sunday night game last week and, and uh, you know, a Monday night game Kind of. Um, yeah. this week should have some, some, uh, some better matchups. We'll get to that um, uh, on tomorrow's episode. Daniel and I will be previewing the games as we always do. And then on, Friday, of course, the three of us will uh, get into our picks and everything. So we'll cover that a little bit later on in the week. But for today, um, we're going to get into week nine. Uh, excuse me, week 10. Wow, week 10 already. Already. Week 10 uh, trade targets. And uh, per usual, if you're new to the segment, we call this all in, check, or fold. All in basically mean you're all in on a player. You want to trade for that player. Check, meaning you want to hold off and see. Uh, what what the move is, maybe keep them on your bench, keep them on your roster, see if they go up or down. And fold is basically you're done with it. You want to move on from that player. So quickly, I'll recap the names we went over last week, and you can uh, go back in a, a couple episodes to check in the last couple of weeks we've been doing this to see if there's any names you want to uh, listen to to know more about those particular players. And of course, email us in if you have particular trade questions or hit us on the Instagram. Our Instagram is getting hit more and more often these days, which is nice. It's fun to uh, look at people's rosters and go through different things with listeners. So feel free to hit us up on the Instagram at the candlestick kids or uh, shoot us an uh, email at the tckpod at gmail.com. So uh, in week nine, we talked about Drew Brees, Carson Wentz, Andrew Luck, and Big Ben for the quarterbacks for the running back, uh, our weekly Lev Bell saga, which we'll cover him very briefly this week. Uh, But Le'Veon Bell, Christian McCaffrey, David Johnson, Adrian Peterson, for the receivers, um, Demarius Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Sammy Watkins. And for the tight ends, Gronkowski, <clears throat> Jordan Reed, and O.J. Howard. We also went over a handful of the teams that were on by, which we will do again this week. And this week's by teams, Ravens, Vikings, Broncos, and Texans. So I'll bring up a couple names you may be able to buy low that people are going to forget about uh, or just can't use. So it might be an opportunity to grab these players. So we'll go over those in a little bit. But first, um, Curly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw these at you here. Uh, this week we don't have any quarterbacks. Can you think of any quarterbacks off top? I don't no, think so. We've gone over no, a handful really. already. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's jump right into running backs then. Uh, we've got a handful today, so we'll do a lot of running backs, a lot of receivers. Um, no quarterbacks or tight ends on today, but if you have any of those questions, again, hit us up uh, on one of the media platforms. So let's start in uh, New Orleans. Mark Ingram um, started off hot. Of course, he came back uh, in his debut game after coming off suspension, came back in week five, had two touchdowns right away, and he's been kind of pedestrian, uh, certainly frustrating for fantasy owners the last couple of weeks where it's been the Alvin Kamara show, which I don't think is a surprise, but um, really not much Mark Ingram uh, to, to you know, to combat that. They're not really doing the 50-50 like they did last year, and certainly not last week when they were in a shutout. Mark Ingram was pretty much obsolete. So what's your, uh, what's your temperature on Mark Ingram right now? Yeah, that's a good point. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm all in on Mark Ingram, though. I think better days are coming. Uh, look at the last four games that he's, you know, the only four games that he's been back for this season. Uh, last four weeks, he's played the Rams, the Vikings, 
the Ravens and the Redskins. So all, you know, all four pretty impressive uh, run defenses there, uh, especially with the, uh, the Vikings and the, uh, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So I mean, Alvin Kamara, he really has the hot hand right now. He just, you know, he's an amazing running he's back incredible, to just watch. Dude. He just does things that, you know, he's just so smooth and he just skates around and glides. And, you know, he's just, he does things that you don't see other running backs do. Um, but again, you know, Ingram, he's had tough matchups the past handful of weeks. So, so I'm thinking better days are coming. So I, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking of investing in Mark Ingram, even though it's a little risky because Kamara does look like just a, a different type of running back that we don't see. Uh, just some stats going, you know, uh, looking behind and looking forward. Uh, last four games for uh, snap count for Ingram and Kamara. Ingram has 34, 23, 35, and 36 snaps. Uh, Kamara has 41, 38, 39, and 31. So they're, they're pretty much averaging pretty similar snap counts. So they're both on the field. Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're splitting touches there. They're splitting snap counts there. Uh, and then looking at touches, looking at rushing attempts, Ingram has 16, 12, 13, and 9. Kamara has 6, 17, 13, and 19. So again, pretty similar numbers. Uh, they're just, you know, mixing it up from week to week. So yeah, I don't know. You have, uh, you have Kamara. Uh, how do you feel about the Mark Ingram situation? Well, I mentioned it last week. I'm not worried about Mark Ingram cutting into Kamara's stock at all. Um, although this week in particular, they are at Cincinnati. Uh, first of all, it's well-documented. Drew Brees is a beast. I, I don't need to tout Drew Brees anymore, especially after he lit up the Rams. Damn. So Drew Brees can turn it on anytime they need him to. Not worried about that. Next week in Cincinnati, they're outdoors, on the road. Drew Brees does not play well outdoors or on the road in general. So I think they're going to be able to run it up early on the Saints. The Saints are or I'm sorry, run it up early on the Bengals. The Bengals are going to be without A.J. Green most likely this week and then furthermore uh, potentially later yeah. on uh, down yeah. the week, which which uh, we'll let Daniel get to in news and notes on Saturday. But um, I, I just think this game script in particular this week is a Mark Ingram game for sure. I think Kamara is going to get his early because they run the offense through Kamara and Michael Thomas. But I think second half, if they're up two touchdowns, I think this is where Mark Ingram could get that 20 touches, get over 100 yards, and maybe a couple of scores. So if you're going to get Mark Ingram, I think this is the best time to get him right now because he's he's a buy-low candidate for sure uh, because he hasn't been exploding. People expected a lot more from when he came back. Kamara is still producing. I think Mark Ingram owners are nervous. Um, I am with you. I'm also all in on uh, Mark Ingram, and I think this is the week to do it, though coming off of this dud week. People don't watch all these games. People don't go into it as deeply as uh, the three of us and these you know, fantasy analysts do. So if you're just a casual player and um, Mark Ingram's floating out there, I think people are just looking at stat lines at the end of a Sunday going like, holy shit, you know, just 33 yards rushing, you know, one reception for three yards. Uh, it just, it's not looking good. You know what I'm saying? So I would, I would certainly go get Mark Ingram right now. He's got Cincinnati. Philadelphia is going to be tough, but then he's got Atlanta, Dallas, Tampa Bay heading into the playoffs. The playoffs, 15 to 16, are going to be tough. Carolina and Pittsburgh, two of the best rushing uh, defenses. But if you need to get into the playoffs, I think Mark Ingram is a great guy to get to get you there. And then you may have to uh, make an alternate once you get in there. But I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm all in as well with Mark Ingram. And, again, if you're the Camara owner, I'm not worried about it at all. 
Um, Kamara's getting goal line touches. He's getting all the receptions. Uh, they have the same amount of touches, but Kamara is so much more efficient with his yardage. So I'm not worried um, about Kamara at all. Uh, let's move on to uh, your boy, Jordan Howard. He is not my boy. <laughs> I just, and he was the only guy when I was drafting towards the end of the second round that seemed like to have some upside. Uh, yeah. Well, I think full- we saw his upside 47 yards for two touchdowns. Yeah, this is his upside. So I'm full, I'm folding on Jordan Howard and I'm, I'm you know, sell high, baby, for sure. Uh, it just, I, you know, throwing the stats out the window, the eye test says that. You know, Howard is definitely slowing down this offense, and Tariq Cohen is definitely the better fit for this fast style um, game pace, you know, this fast style offensive scheme here. Um, so, well, Tariq, so, so, sorry to cut you off. Tariq Cohen's uh, the next player on this list, so let's just kind of combine right, them here. Right, right, right. We'll be talking about both of these guys. So, so yeah, what it pretty much games, comes down to me is game script. Um, you know, the game script has been in – uh, Jordan Howard's favor for the past couple of weeks, and it has not been in Tariq Cohen's favor. And, you know, where, like where the, uh, the Bears, they jump ahead early, and they just really need to pound the ball with Howard and kill the clock. Tariq Cohen's game script is, you know, they're behind, and so they're throwing it a lot, and they're trying to catch up, and they're playing against a high-powered offense, um, so they need to throw it a lot to, uh, to Tariq Cohen. So, yeah, just looking at the schedule going forward, it's really flip-floppy for both of these guys. So I don't think... You know, if I had to pick, I would probably go with Tariq Cohen. But look at the schedule going forward. They played Detroit next, then Minnesota, then Detroit again, then New York, then the Rams. So the game script with Detroit, you know, their offense is terrible. Detroit isn't putting up any points, especially against the Bears defense. So the Bears are probably going to jump ahead early against Detroit and Jordan Howard pound the ball. Then they have Minnesota. You know, Minnesota is probably going to jump ahead early or it might be a close grinding game. But you expect Minnesota to put up some points and you expect the Bears are going to have to throw it quite a bit. Uh, So we'll see more Tariq Cohen than Jordan Howard. So I just see, you know, for the rest of the season, I see, you know, these guys are very game script dependent and they're going to be flip flopping back and forth quite a bit. So. So, yeah, I I have I have Howard. I am looking to uh, to fold and to sell high, baby. One one move might be tough but worth a shot for sure would be Jordan Howard for Mark Ingram straight up right now. I don't think a couple, a couple weeks ago, you wouldn't be able to, I don't think in a couple weeks you're going to be able to, because I think Howard's going to go down. I think Ingram's going to go up, but this week Howard had two touchdowns and he's not bad. He's a good running back. He just doesn't fit the offense. Um, Right. I, I think, I think like, you know, it's something like, I mean, Howard's not Zeke, you know, let's not get crazy, but if Howard was, on an offense like, say, uh, the Cowboys or something that are kind of run dominant, I think, you know, Howard would, would be a much bigger part of the offense to get better numbers. He's not necessarily. Um, now, the Bears do have a nice offense that is constantly moving the football up and down the field. And we saw in this game that Tariq Cohen absolutely disappeared. You know, they didn't need him. I mean, they right. were just crushing the Bills to your point. And uh, so I, I agree. Looking at the schedule here, um, so I'm going to say Howard game, Cohen game, Howard game, Howard game, Cohen game, Cohen game. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. So, <laughs> and so then it's going to just drive us crazy for the rest so, of this. Uh, so if I yeah. had to pick one or the other, I'm probably going Tree Cohen. 
Yeah. Well, and, and of course, too, this is standard and PPR. So, of course, in standard, you'd, you'd rather lean Howard and PPR, you'd rather lean uh, Tariq Cohen. But, um, yeah, I agree Don't with you, man. Standard. I play standard. Yeah, I'm with you, bro. <laughs> I am with you. Um, so anyway, uh, okay. So we're we're so I guess final answer would be fold. Okay, so you're trying to fold, fold high Howard. right now, like as high as you can. I mean, right. you might be able to pull like Jordan Howard for David Johnson, Jordan Howard for Mark Ingram, um, you know, Jordan Howard plus somebody for like Joe Mixon maybe coming off a buy. Um, right. I don't know. I mean, some of these trades sound crazy when you say them. And you're like, why? Who the hell would do that? And then you put it on paper, and you'd be surprised, man. So I would throw it out there for sure. But again, you only have this week, I think, with Jordan Howard um, and, Mar- and Mark Ingram potentially. So okay, so selling on, uh, let's see, folding on Jordan Howard and buying or all in with Tariq Cohen. Yep. Okay. Cool. So uh, the next name here is uh, this is a tough one, man. Matt Breida, um, San Francisco 49ers. Of course, the Niners have been have been struggling. Uh, they looked much better um, on Thursday night, but they were playing the Raiders, so let's not get too excited. Uh, Matt Breida, though, unfortunately, has been in and off the field. I mentioned this in like week two or three on the podcast when he he got hurt. He came back. We thought he tore his ACL. He came back. He was fine. Then he limped off with an ankle. He came back. He was fine. Thought he, you know, dislocated his shoulder, came back, he was fine. <laughs> he uh, hurts his ankle pretty much every single week. I And I, right. I referred to him in like week two, three, or four or something early in the podcast that I, he reminded me of kind of a, a, a Shady McCoy 2.0. Like right. when LaShawn – I mean, LaShawn's too old now and the Bills are fucking horrible. We know that. But, you know, say three years ago when Shady was good and the teams he was on were good, he would be amazing when he was healthy. Like amazing, top-tier – top five running back when he was uh, healthy, but he had so many ailments and coming off the field like three times a game. Breida is the same guy through week four, first four weeks of the season. Breida actually led the NFL this year in rushing yards. So he's there. He's very talented. You see it in sparks, but unfortunately he's just not healthy. Now uh, Raheem Mostert, unfortunately broke his arm. He's done for the season. Uh, Obviously Jarek McKinnon's out. Uh, Alfred Morris is a slug. So Brita has all the, all the uh, opportunity in the world here. It's just a matter of his health. Let's assume he's healthy because if he's not, this is all for not. If he's healthy, how do you feel about Matt Brita? Uh, he's definitely risky. I, I'm a, I don't know. I think I'm a check with a question mark next to it. Mm-hmm. If you know, if you, if you like to gamble a little bit, maybe it's a good opportunity to buy low. So maybe you'd be all in on him, but just looking at the playoff schedule, um fan, the fantasy playoff schedule week 13 at seattle week 14 versus denver week 15 versus seattle week 16 versus chicago bears Yeesh. so i mean do you, would you want to would you want to sneak brita in as a rb2 or a flex in any of those four weeks if he's healthy and you're in a ppr league sure because again i don't i mean maybe kyle Yuschek. Uh, becomes uh, a, a more of a factor now because they're going to need an extra running back to catch passes in the Shanahan offense. And I think they're going to be – I think they beat the Giants um, on Monday Night Football just this week just because they're the Giants. Um, although the Giants are coming off of a bye, and they may have had enough time to, to sober up a little bit. But I think they trail versus Tampa Bay. They trail at Seattle. They might be close versus Denver, but Denver's a good defense. They're going to trail versus Seattle yeah. again, and then they're going to trail versus Chicago. So I think there's going to be a lot of dump downs. 
bad rushing de- or good rushing defenses, I should say. So I'm certainly concerned about Brita uh, moving forward. Now I'll just note yeah, I'll just note really the- really quick. He hasn't had more than 16 carries in a game, and outside of a 138 yard performance versus Detroit in Week Two, he hasn't had more than 61 yards since Week Three. So that is coupled with injuries, coupled with multi backs in the, in the backfield, whatever. He also hasn't scored in four weeks. So, um, and he's not doing much out of the out of the passing game, which I'm concerned. He has one reception for three yards over the last four weeks. That's concerning that, to me. That yeah, that's what I'm confused about here. I thought he was going to be totally like the dump off guy, especially in this Shanahan offense. You know, he loves to he loves the uh, the pass catching back. So I've been really confused as why Matt Breida hasn't been that guy. Um, so yeah, there are just, there are a lot of question marks with this, uh, with this Matt Breida and with this entire backfield too. <laughs> they're not, they're really running out of options. Yeah. So it's, it's a gamble. Um, I have him in my, uh, on my team in my league of record. Um, so I'm pretty much thinking I'm just going to check with him right now. Hopefully he puts up some big numbers in week 10 versus the giants. And then he'd be a great, uh, fold guy where you can sell him high. Sure. And I, I think uh, last night on, on Brita, I think he was supposed to be that guy, um, the check down guy. But uh, obviously McKinnon got hurt early. He's out for the season. They brought in Alfred Morris, who had the history with Shanahan, yada, yada. We all heard that narrative. Well, Alfred Morris is a, a shell of himself. Um, and then Raheem Mostert, I think, is the best running back on the team. Um, and again, you know, it's kind of chicken shit to call these shots now after we've seen some things and be like, I called it, but technically <laughs> I did bring up Raheem Mostert and Nick Mullins just because again, we're 49er fans. I happen to watch them a little closer um, in the preseason. I want to see who the new guys are. Cause this week, this year was kind of shot early, but I want to see what the future looks like. Nick Mullins and Raheem Mostert looked awesome in preseason. I know it's preseason, but the talent was there. The eye test for both guys was there. Eight weeks later, they finally get an opportunity, and Mullins tore it up. And honestly, Raheem Mostert tore it up too before he got hurt. So I think the best running back on the 49ers is and was Raheem Mostert, and, I, and he's out now. So Brita has to be the guy as long as he's healthy. So if you're looking on straight up like a body who's going to get the work when he's in, go for Brita, but it's, it's very risky in my opinion. Super risky. Cool. Okay, let's move on here. We got a couple more running backs. Uh, carry on Johnson. Um, his uh, I'll just start here with his upcoming schedule, which is big. Again, we talk a lot about the uh, players schedule so much more so than other podcasts, because when you're looking at a trade target, either for a player or to trade off a player, you want to make sure you're not trading away a player with potential like Jordan Howard, for example, his schedule actually looks pretty good if it's the right game script, but if it's not, it's not looking very good. So you don't want to trade away a player that has a really good, um, schedule necessarily you also don't want to bring in a player who's got a really rough schedule carry on johnson kind of fits both so um upcoming at chicago carolina chicago again and the rams the next four games all of them um top uh rushing defenses but in the playoffs he's got arizona and buffalo nice rushing uh easy rushing um uh defenses and then he's got minnesota in the championship game so um Obviously, coming off of a dud versus Minnesota, I actually sat on Johnson this week for Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones didn't explode as much as I think we all thought he would, but he did outscore on technically, so I made the right move there. But just 12 carries, 37 yards, and just three catches for seven yards for on Johnson after a couple of really quality games. Um, 
again, rough schedule coming up outside of the playoffs. Do you want to wait until the playoffs to carry on, or do you want to sell him now, which is going to be tough because he's coming off of a dud, or do you want to buy it, sit on him, and then use him for the playoffs? It's kind of a three-headed monster here with carry on. I've actually been thinking about this quite a bit because I have him in two different leagues. Yeah, it's really tough. I'm I'm definitely all in on Carry On Johnson just as a football player, as as an as, as an athlete. But I am folding a hundred percent on the entire Detroit Lions team. Yeah, they, man. It looks so bad. I don't know what they're doing. They can't figure it out. They it's terrible coaching, and they have I, they just don't have a game plan on offense. They don't they don't know what they're doing. So, yeah, and now we saw Theo Riddick come back this past week, and he, uh, what, how many catches did he have? He had about seven, seven catches for 36 yards. Not very many, not many yards at all, but that's a lot. Well, of he's getting the for... opportunity, though. I think that's what it matters. You know, sometimes yeah, he's, the, the he's targets and receptions sometimes mean more than the actual yardage because, you know, but with Theo Riddick, you know how it is, dude. He, he gets a lot of those like dump off screens. Or kind of the, the oh shit pass, you know, like four yards where Stafford has nothing and he gets caved in. But we've seen over the years, man, Theoretic has taken those two yard dump off passes, 55 for a touchdown, you know, like the, the opportunity is there for Theoretic. And if, you know, carry on's biggest game this season came in week seven versus Miami, 19 carries, 158 yards, and then 21 on the ground or uh, through the air. But that was without Theoretic. So I think you're right. right. With Theo healthy, he's going to be that guy. You know, LeGarrette Blunt isn't putting up stats in your fantasy lineups, but he's certainly still on the team and getting touches, and he's Matt Patricia's guy from New England. So, I'm, dude, I really don't know, to be honest. This is like a personal decision for me. I've got him in, in uh, the League of Record and, um, and uh, the Listener the League. Listener really. Yeah, and I just don't know if, if I should uh, fold or not, you know, and, and try to get some of the, like pair him with somebody else and try to get another piece because I see the talent too. He's amazing. I've said it a hundred times on this podcast. You know, he led the sec in rushing the sec is arguably, or maybe unarguably the number one conference in college football, Alabama, LSU, you know, South Carolina, all these guys, Georgia, and he led at Auburn. So he's clearly got the talent, you know, it's just a matter of like the rest of his team's rough. And now without golden Tate, like, he wasn't a huge play, like, pass the ball down the field guy, but he was a guy that could could move the ball, pick up first downs, keep the Lions on the field, and give carry on some more first, second downs. And I just – they don't have that right now. They looked horrible on Sunday. And uh, yeah. I'm really concerned about it, man. I love carry on Johnson. And in the listener in the uh, league of record, I might, I might have to check out of necessity just because we play keepers, and the rule is I have to have them at the end of my season. So I'm thinking about him as one of my keeper options. So I might keep him, but in the listener league, I might try to uh, pair him up with uh, one of my top receivers and, and go get, you know, somebody bigger potentially. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, carry on is, is a little bit risky. The player's great. The situation's not so good. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. If I were in your shoes, yeah, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of stuck between uh, you know, a rock and a hard place here. So maybe, yeah, maybe check and wait it out Cool. Uh, because you don't want to sell, you don't want to sell too low. Right. Right. But if, if you can put together a good package and pick up a solid running back, I would do that because there's so many inconsistencies with this Detroit offense. And, you know, it's just never a good idea to, to have fantasy guys that are on terrible, terrible offenses. Sure. sure. Um, so, so if you can, yeah, if you can do a package, Go for it. Uh, but it looks, it sounds like you might have to wait it out. Yeah. 
Fair enough. Okay. Let's turn to, uh, let's turn. Um, I'm going to talk about Dalvin cook in a little bit when we get to the bye week teams. Um, so we'll skip him for now, but let's talk about Tevin Coleman. Damn. Tevin Coleman crushed this week. Um, nice game there. Of course, uh, Devonta Freeman is out for the season and um, Ito Smith is, you know, a nice change of pace guy. Uh, but Tevin Coleman clearly is, is the lead dog there. And the Falcons came out of the bye and whooped up on the, the, uh, Redskins on the road. Uh, Falcons have won three straight. They're now 500 after starting one and four. They're looking good. They're feeling good. Every, you know, of course, they have one of the most patent, uh, potent pass attacks in the game. And uh, Tevin Coleman, 88 rush yards last week, 68 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. Um, he hasn't been incredible coming in, but he looked really good last week. He's got Cleveland, Dallas, New Orleans, Baltimore. Green Bay, Arizona, and Carolina. So, you know, kind of a middle-of-the-road um, middle schedule coming up. Uh, how do you feel about Tevin Coleman? Man, yeah, this one's tricky. I think I'm going to fold and sell high. I think this is a great sell-high opportunity because, you know, we know – I mean, how many years have we seen Tevin Coleman? We've seen him for a few years now. So we know the type of running back that he is by now. You know, he's a solid flex dude. And uh, he's, yeah, he put up running back two, almost running back one numbers of uh, uh, this past week versus Washington. But he's put he's put up running back two, low end RB two to solid flex numbers all year. Um, so I just think this is the kind of guy he is, and he's going to blow up here and there like he did this past week. Um, and now plus two, we saw Ito Smith play a little bit more of a role this past week. Um, so yeah, and, and Ito Smith, he definitely looks like the Devonte Freeman light. So I think Ito Smith is going to get some more work and Tevin Coleman is going to be the same dude we've seen for years now, you know, a really solid flex guy. So, so as I said, you know, he, he put up a monster week this past week. So I think this is a great sell high opportunity. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, I actually totally agree with you. I'm not going to spend much more than I've already said. Um, middle of the road player, definitely going to have those bigger games. Uh, doesn't really have much competition. I mean, they want to feed Edo Smith the ball so much. It's really frustrating on a fa- I mean, it makes sense in football. These coaches know what they're doing, whether we think right. so or not. Most of them do anyway. <laughs> Some um, of them. Actually, yeah, it seems sure. Like most sure. of them don't. Yeah, fair. <laughs> More of them don't know than they do. Fair enough. Jesus. Fair enough. Um, but I have to believe that, the, you know, the Falcons are a quality organization. I think they're just fine. I think Dan Quinn knows what he's doing. And I, I, uh, have to believe that Ito Smith does have the talent, although we haven't seen it yet. But they feed him and feed him and feed him, even with him being, you know, inefficient. It's like Frank Gore. They just keep feeding him, and he's not doing anything with it, but they don't give, you know, Kenyon Drake 25 carries. They give three to Kenyon Drake and 20 to Frank Gore. Anyway, Dude. I'm not going to talk about that. Sorry. Sorry to bring that up. Um, but <laughs> anyway, for, for Tevin Coleman, I think you're right. Uh, I would also use this to uh, – Let's see, 156 total yards and two yeah. touchdowns for Tevin Coleman. Biggest game of the season for sure. I would absolutely fold and go get yourself. Uh, honestly, man, I don't know. Maybe uh, you can get, you know, namesake. They're not, you know, it wouldn't work. But Tevin Coleman plus maybe somebody else um, for uh, a Mark Ingram or something like that. I think you can you can go turn around. So go check in there. Yeah. Um, and okay, let's very quickly. Uh, and I mean, very quickly, cause I don't want to waste time on this for nothing, but, um, if we, if we have any bell, uh, levy on bell, this is pretty much the last week we can make a move or not. Basically it comes down to, we all know he's been gone. We all know Connor has been 
one of the top three to five running backs this entire season, been absolutely incredible. Le'Veon Bell has to come back by Wednesday of next week. Maybe. Doesn't have to. Well, he <laughs> yeah, right. Well, as of now, he as of now, according to the clause, he does have to come back uh, by four o'clock Eastern time um, on Wednesday of next week. OK, so basically, um, you know, a week from today. So if he does, then the Steelers can decide to either not play him, which we've we've talked about that they may not play him. They may just franchise or not franchise tag him, kind of agree to disagree. They go their own ways. He doesn't play, but they also don't tag him. They can decide to do that. They could also decide that, well, shit, we have him. He wants to play. They want to play him. They work out something. He does play. Okay, let's take these two scenarios quickly. We'll go through them, and then we'll go into next week when we actually know if he's back or not. Um, but I'm I'm a Connor owner in a league. You're a Connor owner in a league. Neither one of us have Le'Veon Bell, I don't believe. However, I've gone back and forth all season wanting to fold on Connor uh, because I was worried about Le'Veon Bell. And then I've wanted to go all in on Le'Veon Bell to have both. And now I'm not sure where I'm at. <laughs> so as quickly as possible, uh, let's, let's try to blaze through this. So let's say that he, he does play for some reason. Do you expect a full-time committee? Do you think Connor has earned the trust? Do you want both running backs, neither running back? Uh, one of the other quick thoughts on if Lev comes back and actually plays this season. Yeah, if, if I'm the coach, and Tomlin is a pretty smart guy. If I'm the coach, yeah, the, James Conner is on fire right now, and the, the team is on fire because of James Conner. So why would you mess with that? Because, you know, they were struggling the first few weeks of the season. Yep. And they are, they're, they're on fire right now, so there's no reason at all to mess with that. Why would you, why would you tinker with that when you're rolling? So if James Conner, if they start to, if they come up with a loss and James Conner doesn't look great this next week, then yeah, then, then we can start talking about this. But I mean, it's not, it's not that difficult of a decision right now. The team is rolling. They're on fire. Why, why would you, why would you tinker with that? Why would you risk that? Yeah, fair enough. I agree. Um, James Conner has had over 400 rush yards. Uh, uh, in the last four games, so 100 yards per game. Uh, he's had 21, 19, 24, and 24 carries, so he's getting plenty of work, and he's had um, over 50 uh, rush uh, receiving yards in uh, three of the last four games, and he has scored two, four, six, seven touchdowns in the last three weeks. You're absolutely right. One of those was on the road at Baltimore this week where he, he, he destroyed, dude. He's amazing. The offense is amazing. They can't pa- uh, pack the box because of Antonio Brown and Juju and Big Ben's arm. Um, so they have to play straight up. And when they play straight up, I mean, they're just, you know, seven catches, 56 yards and a touchdown, another 107 on the ground. James Conner's been amazing. If Lev comes back, I think it'll be a committee. First of all, I don't think he comes back. If he comes back, it'll be a committee. And I think James Conner's going to be the lead dog. I really do. And I think he'll be 60-40 max for lev could be a 70 30 it could be lev could be the third third down back maybe because again we have to think about this in football standpoint if the steelers actually do bring him back and they're they're going for the playoffs all of a sudden they've got a nice record all of a sudden they're back in the heat after a slow start if they're looking to get a top three seed then they're going to want levy on bell healthy for the playoffs clearly right so they might save him up get him back into football shape over a couple of years and just run Connor the way that he has so I think for fantasy I think Connor is safe and startable the rest of the fantasy season regardless of yeah. Le'Veon Bell and even if he comes back I'm confident Connor is still going to be the dude if he doesn't come back it's a very easy conversation 
Um, you drop Le'Veon Bell, so you're not wasting a spot. And um, James Conner become – I mean, he's just a surefire top five running back barring injury uh, the rest of the season. So um, I would I – would, I guess what I'm saying is check or go all in on Conner, depending on what it is, and check or fold, depending on your roster and your situation, on Le'Veon Bell. Fair? Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, mm-hmm. cool. Let's move on to the receivers. Uh, first one up, man, Amari Cooper. Um, of course, uh, just a stud uh, pretty consistently. Um, JK, I uh, made a call the other – I made a call last week that uh, I thought Jerry Jones was going to just um, force the ball to Amari Cooper to basically prove a point that Jerry made a nice move. I mentioned this on yesterday's podcast that – um, I, I just I was very confident that that Jerry Jones was going to force feed Amari Cooper, regardless of the outcome, really, to make sure that his stats looked better to make uh, Jerry look better, because I just think he's that arrogant to make it happen. Sure enough, um, Monday Night Football versus Tennessee, eight targets, five catches, 58 yards. He did have a touchdown, should have had another one. Dak overthrew him. Dak also forced another one that was a terrible throw, to be honest, in double coverage that got picked. But either way. Um, Dak was force feeding Amari Cooper. Amari looks really good. Never, uh, never, you know, hated on the talent. Nobody has. So if he gets a fresh start and this is legit, Dallas is, uh, receiving, um, Amari Cooper's schedule coming up is incredible. Listen to this Mm. at Philadelphia divisional game. So we'll see what happens there, but a nice matchup either way at Atlanta. Awesome. At Washington, if he can handle Josh Norman, which I think he'll be fine. He'll be good there at New Orleans, at Philly again, at Indianapolis, and Tampa Bay in the championship. Dude, Amari Cooper, if this is legit, if this is his floor at five catches, 58 yards, if this is his floor, Amari Cooper is a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside the rest of the season, assuming Dak can keep it up on his side. Because, again, they can't can't, uh, play back because of Zeke. So this works both ways for an offense, right? So I really liked what I saw on Monday Night Football – and uh, it's only going to get better once they uh, once they get more of a, a camaraderie here. So um, I personally am going to check on Amari. Um, if he was still in Oakland, I would have folded him preseason. I told you not to draft him. I didn't want him on my team. I've been hating the whole season. Now in Dallas, it's a totally different situation. If you have him on your team, I would check. I wouldn't necessarily go all in on him unless he's cheap, but I would check if you do have him right now. Yes, it kind of sounds like you might be all in on him, though. You're getting pretty jazzed. Well, I think it's um, – how about this? How about this? I'm going to raise – I'm going to raise on Amari Cooper and I'm going to test the waters. Like I'm going to raise, see how he does. See how my, see, like see how my like hand it. looks next week. If my hand gets better next week, I'm, I'm feeling it. I will. His schedule is incredible. He's the number one easily on the team. He's a stud receiver. The, the Raiders are a joke. The Cowboys are less of a joke. And I do believe in Dak Prescott. Mm. So I just, I'm not all in yet, but I'm getting close. So I think I'm going to fold here. I think I don't think there's a wrong decision. I think there are many ways to go, and I think I think any decision is is just fine. Um, personally, I'm going to fold and sell high because I mean it sounds like you're excited. So I think a lot of people are excited. So it could be a good opportunity to sell high. Um, but the Cowboys, man, the Cowboys look terrible. Jerry Jones is an idiot. Jerry Jones is so delusional. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand football. He doesn't understand his team. He's a control freak, and he's not good at building football teams. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I do like Cooper, but I don't like this team. I really do not like this team. Dak did not look very good Monday night. He's like he's missing open wide receivers and he's forcing throws in the end zone and throwing picks. Dak does not look comfortable. He knows he's, his job is under pressure and he just doesn't look comfortable. Um, terrible, terrible, terrible coaching and terrible play calling that offensive line i was watching game film this morning and this offensive line doesn't even know what their assignments are they don't even know which guys they should be blocking they're missing wide open middle linebackers and these guys are destroying zeke in the backfield so i just have no confidence in this dallas cowboys offense or in this team as a whole but (laughs) however you know as you mentioned you know a cooper gets eight targets you know he got five catches and he got a td uh, you have to you have to think his chemistry with Dak has to get better, um, and like you said, he's the only wide receiver on this offense. He's the only dude on this offense except for Zeke. So it could be a good buy low opportunity there. Like I said, there there are many ways to go. I don't think there are any wrong ways. Personally, I just I don't like I don't like this Cowboys team. So I'm just gonna stay away. Fair enough. Let's move on to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill has had two blow-up games. Uh, week one versus the Chargers, uh, seven catches, 169, and two touchdowns. And then uh, again in week six at New England, uh, 12 targets, seven receptions, 142, and three touchdowns. Um, it has been well-documented for some reason, which I think is interesting. A.J. Green, I've been saying for the last couple of weeks on the podcast, same thing with A.J. Green on the road, but Tyreek Hill as well on the road so much better than he is at home. Um, it's just, it's, it's just, I don't know why these things happen in the NFL running backs. I understand because you want to control the tempo and the clock and all that stuff, but on the road, Tyreek Hill is just significantly better than he is at home. Um, he does have a uh, Arizona coming up this week. So Patrick Peterson, that'll be a great battle there. Then he's got the Rams. So he's got, you know, kind of the tandem. Now uh, Peters has been getting just thrashed. Absolutely. Michael Thomas made him, look like a joke this last week, but uh, if, if Talib can get back anytime soon, he might be okay. Then they have a bye week. Then they have Oakland. That's a six touchdown game for Tyree kill, but then they have Baltimore, the chargers and Seattle in the playoffs, not easy matchups. Tyree kill is the biggest boom bust um, in the league period, I think. Yeah. And we've seen that week one, 170 yards, two touchdowns week, six, 140 yards, three touchdowns. Other than that, 50, 60, 80, there's a 90 in there, but uh, just two other touchdowns. Um, otherwise, the last two weeks, he's been a bit hampered up with a hamstring. Um, just uh, three catches, 70 yards two weeks ago versus Denver and four catches, 69 yards uh, this week versus Cleveland. Um, I personally am going to check. I mean, you can't – I would maybe fold uh, fold Tyreek Hill if you can get something in return, but Tyreek Hill is a weak winner. We know that if he goes off for one of his big games, you're probably going to win your week. So I can't imagine folding him, but I'm not going all in. So I'm going to check uh, on Tyreek Hill. So I'm going all in here. I'm, I think this is a great opportunity to buy low. Um, I've been watching, as, as many of you know, I, I may be a little smitten for uh, Patrick Mahomes this year. Sure. <laughs> so I've been watching, uh, I've been watching all of these games and I've been watching them pretty closely. Uh, and the defenses have been really keying in on on Hill. Obviously, you know, he's the number one threat, and he's such a deep option. He really stretches out the field. So the defenses have been really closing in on Hill and trying to shut him down. So what have we seen the past handful of weeks? We've seen the Chiefs really dump it off with the screens to Kareem Hunt. 
I mean, Kareem Hunt is blowing up off of these little screen Dude, passes. 50 yards on a screen pass like once a week. First play, <laughs> yeah, first play of the game this past week. Um, and, and we've also been seeing uh, uh, Travis Kelsey over mm. the middle quite a Your bit. boy Sam Watkins, and, too. So I'm thinking it's just a matter of time until defenses have to start focusing a little bit more of their attention on Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey. Um, and plus with Andy Reid, I think he'll figure out a way to, to you know, scramble those guys around with their routes and, and get Hill loose a little bit more and more because we really, you know, the Chiefs really do need Hill, um, especially come, uh, come, you know, versus some of these tougher matchups and, and come playoff time. So I think this is a great opportunity to buy low. Huh. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't disagree fully, uh, but I just, I just don't – I don't think it matters, dude. I just think that – I think the Chiefs are so dope. <laughs> like they have the fastest receiver in the league. They have one of the best running backs in the league. They have the best tight end in the league outside of probably Ertz. Um, they have uh, – you know, one of the best play callers in the league. I mean, the Rams, the Saints, and the Chiefs um, are unbelievable, dude. They just – they can't be stopped. So many ways. You know, yeah. And and my, my concern with Tyreek Hill is that, that uh, the, you know, the Chiefs blow all these teams out. And when they're blowing teams out, if Tyreek Hill doesn't get his 80-yard bomb in the first half, he's probably not going to get it in the second. And he's not really a possession guy, you know what I'm saying? So, like, he's good. He's, he's, he's a great player, clearly – He's a little hampered. I'm a little concerned about his just, his hamstring. Just too just too risky. Too for risky, you, yeah, thinking. yeah. And and I said this preseason too. You know, Daniel, you know, did our, our studs and duds and, and breakout categories and pump the break uh, uh, nominees and stuff like that. And and um, Tyreek Hill was a guy that I just everyone salivates over and rightfully so. But I didn't draft him in any league because I know he's going to put up 30 points two or three or four weeks of my season. That's awesome. But I can't handle the like eight points the rest of the week or the rest of the season. You know what right. I'm saying? So I'm worried about it for sure. And uh, I, I'm just going to check ultimately. Yeah. Sounds, sounds fair enough. Sounds fair enough. I, you know, like I said, I, I'd be all in on him. Um, I think, I think it's just a matter of time, but as, as you were talking, I was remembering too, that these Andy Reid offenses, especially the past handful yeah. of years, this is, this is a very different offense now with Mahomes. But they do start out super fast. The first half of the season, yeah. they, they throw up so many points. And the second half of the season, they really slow down. So that could take a hit on Hill as well. So yeah, but I, there, I, there's a little bit of I gamble. think we can both agree that Mahomes is probably a notch more athletic not, than Al Smith. Not Al so Smith I, I think all. they'll be okay. All right, cool. <laughs> we got a couple more teams here. Uh, our couple more names for the wide receivers, and then I'll go over some bye week candidates. Uh, next up, Marv Jones Jr. Um, not – an yeah. explosion game uh, with Golden Tate leaving town. I'm not going to knock them super hard this game. It was at Minnesota. Minnesota's a great defense. They haven't been awesome as a defensive unit, uh, the Vikings, that is, um, so far. However, em uh, Emerson Griffin is back. They are starting to get healthy. I think the Vikings are starting. Uh-oh. You're right. It, it, it was just chop. Yeah. Choppy a oh, bit. sorry about that. Sorry about that. Yeah, we good. Um, just so so the uh, so the Vikings um, defense has gotten much better, and uh, I'm not going to knock Marvin Jones too much. However, that being said, eight targets for six um, six receptions and 66 yards, not terrible, but not that number one we're looking for. Kenny Galladay certainly didn't do it either. Um, 
I, you and I both have been, I don't think this is going to take too long. You and I both have been saying outside of carry on Johnson, maybe um, we're folding the entire Detroit offense. Do we need to go any further than that? I mean, we've been over there. We, we covered Kenny holiday uh, in the last previous couple of weeks, worried about their schedule for sure. Um, once again, uh, Chicago, Carolina, Chicago, Rams, Arizona, Buffalo, Minnesota. No thank you on any of them. Um, I don't want anything to do with this Detroit offense uh, period outside of checking on carry on Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I agree. We don't need to go into this very much. Okay. Uh, I have Marvin Jones in, in our league of records, so I'm I'm checking on him just because, uh, you know, he put up 12 points. The potential's there. Points. We know what he can do. Just with a, ter- a really tough matchup. Yeah. So <laughs> stash him on your But he's at Chicago again this week, man. Pray for I mean, the, pray to the fantasy gods. I the know, Chica- it's, it's yeah, not, the Chicago defense is amazing. It's not so. good. I know. Okay, let's move on then. Uh, so I guess, you know, check or fold Marvin Jones. Yeah. All right. Um, and Jarvis Landry, uh, interesting interesting player kind of in fantasy in general. Two touchdowns on the season, uh, week four versus Oakland, week seven versus Tampa Bay. So his best possible matchups, he did get a touchdown, but he has 100 yards in – he had 100 yards in week one and three and um, almost uh, in week seven. But other than that, he has over 60 yards just twice on the season. Um, we know he's a possession guy. He's averaging, you know, about 11 targets a game, which is awesome. Uh, but he's unfortunately, you know, looking at about six to seven receptions per game as well. So, again, not bad, but it's a lot of, you know, uh, maybe nine targets for six oh. receptions for 60 yards. And right. short yeah, short passes. So, so here's what I'll say. I'm not going all in on Jarvis Landry at all, period. I think we saw the Browns. They have the new regime now um, leaning toward the run. Uh, they used Duke Johnson out of the backfield consistently over him. Mean, he had the maybe the best game of his career last week. Um, uh, and also um, Nick Chubb had a great game on the ground. So they're using both running backs very much so. Baker had a nice game, but a lot of this is dump-off stuff to Jarvis Landry. So if he doesn't break loose – and kind of have a Golden Tate-type um, breakaway. I don't think he's going to get your yardage, and he rarely scores. Um, they do play Atlanta this week, so you can't you can't fold Jarvis Landry right now anyway because he just hasn't been hot. I would check on him this week. They play Atlanta. Hope that because it's Atlanta, he breaks out. Atlanta's going to put up a ton of points. Hope that Landry puts up like 80 and a touchdown, and I would immediately fold on him personally. Oh. They are going into a bye week 11 as well. Uh, so it may be tough with the bye week and all that, but like, I don't want them for playoffs. Um, Cincinnati, Houston, Carolina, Denver, uh, Cincinnati again. Um, he's a, I think he's a great like wide receiver three with potential wide receiver two upside, but that is not somebody that I want on my team come playoff time unless I'm stacked otherwise. So I'm going to say check one more week versus Atlanta for Landry and then fold assuming he has a good game. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm folding here as well. Uh, he's just, you know, man, it's unfortunate. I think if Josh Gordon was still on the team, yeah. I think Jarvis Landry would be a beast. I agree. But there's just no, there's nobody else these defenses need to cover, um, so they can just key on, on on Landry and take, you know, shut him down completely. So unfortunate for Landry because I think he is a great guy. He's a great player. Um, but yeah, he's just also not that top wide receiver type guy either. He needs that on that offense, you know, so that he can kind of cut across the middle and do these short routes and just, you know, pick up eight to 10 passes a game. 
Um, this, you know, this is also not a top fantasy scoring offense. They have a new head coach. They have these new schemes. So everything is so new. There's so many variables, um, so many uncertainties. So I'm definitely looking a way to package him up and to send him off for some more consistent guys come playoff time. Cool. Fair enough. And uh, last name on the receiver before we get to the bye week players, uh, Mike Evans. So Mike Evans um, is a tricky, tricky one here because, uh, you know, we've seen him explode. He's got Fitzmagic back, at least for the time being. Um, however, last week, I, I kept reading this, like when I was gathering my stats to, to do the recap episode and looking over the weekend, <laughs> I kept make, like double checking multiple websites to make sure somebody didn't like leave out a digit. Right. One catch yeah, on it's... 10 targets. <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh, he must have had like 10 catches or something and they didn't put the zero. Dude, one catch mm-hmm. on 10 targets, 16 yards. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really know how to explain that, although he, he struggles against Carolina pretty much annually. So I'm, I'm worried about that. He also has Carolina again, but at home this time in week 13. Um, I love Mike Evans personally. I've been in a, uh, you know, he's been on a lot of my teams over the years. I just traded for him actually in the league of records. So I'm, I'm riding the Mike Evans train. He's going to have big games and bad games. Obviously last week, six catches, 179 and a touchdown. So it's there. Um, 400 yard games this week, uh, this year, he plays much better with Fitz magic. He's got Washington this week, which I'm worried about because he's going to face uh, cheating ass Josh Norman, who I fucking do it. I can't stand that guy. Um, I, I don't really quick to digress. When you were watching your film, did you see the bullshit that he like Julio Jones last week just smoked him anyway? Okay. But Julio Jones smoked uh, Josh Norman on a, a post or a, a go route, whatever. But he would, he had steps. I mean, Julio just outruns everybody, right? The ball comes up. Julio looks up to catch the ball, and Josh Norman straight up tackles him from the shoulder pads behind. Like, like he gets a PI. He just wears the pass interference, but basically did not get smoked for a touchdown. Like, maybe a smart football play to not give up the big play, but also, like, dirty as hell. Like, he could have, like, tackled him instead of ripped him down from his shoulder pads, and you see Julio's legs buckle underneath him and shit. Like, he just – he's done that. We saw what he and Odell did a couple years ago fighting on the field and shit. Just, I don't know. I just don't like his attitude. Yeah. Anyway. I, he, he's, yeah, he's a little dirty. I, I think he's not the dirtiest player, but he, he's he got more of like a little atti- attitude than dirtiness. So, I, And I think that attitude that came out in that pass interference play is just kind of like, you know, they're getting they're getting embarrassed a little bit. So he just got a little uh, – he got a little frustrated and, and, you know, attitude-y, I guess, there and just ripped him down. But, over, you know, I don't think he is the dirtiest player as uh, as dirty as perfect, but I don't think anybody – No. I don't think anybody is. <laughs> no. Yeah, Bert, no, perfect is a whole nother league. Anyway, I don't mean to talk about Josh Norman uh, too much on, on the digress there, but I guess what I, what I meant to say was that um, yeah, basically Mike Evans is going to get Josh Norman this week. Right. And I think that, you know, Mike Evans is one of those players we've seen is very talented – but not very headstrong. So I think yeah. if Josh Norman's is talking shit on the line, knocks him down a couple of times, breaks up a couple of passes, maybe pulls off a pick or something, I think that can get in Mike Evans' head, so I'm worried about him here. Moving forward, I'm worried about his schedule. Giants and Niners after Washington, he'll destroy. Not worried about that. But week 13, 14, 15, and 16, Carolina, New Orleans, Baltimore, and Dallas. Uh, New Orleans and Dallas have certainly gotten better the last couple of weeks. So – as a Mike Evans uh, owner, I'm going to 
certainly check. I'm not trying to get rid of him. However, of the big receivers that I have, he would be the one that I'd be willing to fold off of um, to potentially, you know, get somebody else. So just to, if you could trade in Mike Evans for a, a, a running back two with upside going into the playoffs, I would, I would make that move right now, personally. Now he's going to have big games, so you're going to have to wear it <laughs> when he goes off for eight catches for 150 yards and a touchdown. But um, he's also going to probably have some duds because that, although Fitzmagic is putting up all of his numbers in fantasy, their offense is pretty mm. rough all around. Yeah, this whole team is a little, a little nerve-wracking. I just don't know if I want much to do with anybody on this offense because – it could implode at any week. Uh, they're they, you know, they're going to keep flip flopping back and forth with quarterbacks. It's just a matter of time until Jameis Winston goes back in because you know Fitz Magic. He he throws a couple picks, but then he looks good when they're down by four touchdowns. But he, he doesn't look so good when they're close in games. So so there's a lot of risk with anybody on this team. Um, yeah, he's yeah. I see I see Evans being a pretty big boomer bust guy going forward. So. So it's it, it you know it depends how you feel about these these boomer bust type guys. It depends what kind of a fantasy player you are. So, like you said, if you have better options, definitely fold and just get them out of there because it's a very risky situation. Yeah, absolutely. I I I totally agree. So, um, okay, so let's move on. Uh, once again, to recap, uh, those players: Mark Ingram, Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, Dalvin Cook, Tevin Coleman, Tariq Cohen, Carry uh, On Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Amari Cooper, Tyreek Hill, Marvin Jones Jr., Jarvis Landry, and Mike Evans. Let's quickly, to end the episode here, let's get over to some of these uh, bi-week players. And again, I mentioned this last week. Of course, you have to – these players are going to rot on your on your team for a week. Uh, so you have to understand that, you know, so if you're not into it or you're not into a place to have a bye week then you can shut it down. We'll, see, we'll talk to you tomorrow. If you're sitting at you know nine and zero, eight and one, seven and two, six and three, five and four, even depending on your roster coming up, these are players you could probably target for cheap, target um, target for the weeks coming up because they're going to have a bye week behind them. But players aren't able to use them this week. You may be able to get them from those players this week for cheap with players that they need. Um, I know last week uh, I don't think you pulled off a trade, um, but you were mentioning that you were trying to make a couple of moves and. One of your one of your um, strategies, which I thought was really smart, is that uh, we don't have to mention uh, team uh, members, I guess. Um, but you had a player you were trying to ship off for, um, or you know, for two players or two players for one player, kind of a thing. But you looked ahead at their schedule for the team you were trying to sell to, and they needed, say, a running back and a receiver, and the player you were trying to get right. was on a buy, and therefore you. AJ Green. Green. Well, yeah, good thing you didn't make Shit. that. Um, oh but then you, God. but then that's smart. That's smart looking ahead because you could right. afford to sit AJ Green a week where that player has to have the players that you were sending over your way. So that's good scouting. That's good GM work on your part. And I think that was a really smart move. Um, it didn't work out, did it? I don't, I don't think that went through. No, that, uh, no, it, it worked out by not well, working out, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, he didn't accept the trade. Um, I was offering, uh, I believe that was Marvin Jones and Matt Breida because the guy, uh, he didn't have any running backs. He had got a bunch of players on buys and he was sitting at like four and five uh-huh. or something. 
Um, so he really needed a win and he really needed running backs and wide receivers. So I gave, I offered Marvin Jones and Matt Breida for AJ green. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. He did not accept it because I, I, it, it, it might, it might be that he's only out for a couple of weeks, but I don't know. AJ green, when he gets foot injuries, it seems like it lasts half yep. of the season. Yeah. And he's had foot, foot leg and, and groin ailments that have certainly kept him out and slowed him down at least. So uh, yeah, definitely a, a hindrance there. So anyway, just the idea of look at these players. Um, and uh, if you are interested in, in holding on to him for an extra week as a spare, do it. Otherwise, you can shut it down, and, and we'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Uh, first up for the Ravens. So, once again, the bye week teams this week. Baltimore Ravens. Um, uh, oh, I almost said Minneapolis Vikings. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, Denver Broncos, and Houston <laughs> Texans. So, we'll start with the Ravens. Uh, Alex Collins, who's been an interesting, uh, very frustrating uh, player for those of you that own him. Um, but I did a little, uh, little deeper research here because I've, I've been trying to fold on Alex Collins for a couple weeks, but nobody wants him. Um, so it's yep. been pretty tough, but I looked a little deeper and I'm actually changing my mind. I think on Alex Collins here. Mm. Um, so really quick, his last four games, <clears throat> since they basically gone away from Buck Allen, uh, Buck Allen was just a pain in his ass and everybody's for the first five, uh, you know, four five, six games of the season, but, um, they've really gone away from him and, and made Alex Collins more of the bell cow. Now, of course they have Ty Montgomery there now. We're kind of yet to see how much he's actually going to play and, and be a part of the system. But as of now, the last, let's see, since week four, so four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, Baltimore has played against Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Tennessee, New Orleans, Carolina, and Pittsburgh again. All of those teams are tops against the run. So uh, there, yeah. uh, let's see, four road games in that part. Um, Pittsburgh and New Orleans are like the top teams against the run. And Alex Collins didn't do much on the yards, but he is getting into the end zone somehow this year. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven touchdowns. Doesn't feel like he scored any, um, but he does have seven touchdowns, but his yardage is really small. So his upcoming schedule after this bye week, Cincinnati, terrible. Oakland, worse. Atlanta, worse. Uh, Chiefs, worse. Tampa Bay, worse. Chargers, if they still don't have Bosa, that's probably a good matchup in your championship. So I think Collins has had a really rough schedule the last five or six weeks. I think owners, including myself, before I started doing research, I was ready to get rid of him for beans, dude. Like I wanted like wide receiver fours for Alex Collins just to get him off my team so I didn't accidentally start him anymore. I'm changing my mind. I, I really think that Alex Collins is, is someone to check on for sure. I'm not going to go and, and go all in on him unless he's really cheap, but – I'm going to check him right now, and if you can get him for cheap during this bye week and because he's been kind of such a slug in the stat sheet, I really think he can pick it up uh, moving forward. However, I will say he's going to be risky. He might be a stomach ache, but if you can handle it, I, I actually like the chances of Alex Collins moving forward. Yeah, actually, you kind of just sold me on Collins because I have him on a, a couple of random teams, and I, I'm so close to just dropping him. I don't even want to right. deal with – you know, I don't, I don't even you can't drop a starting running back doing though, the research. You know <laughs> no, you can't. But sometimes I get lazy and in like what a rage, rage drop and go like son of a bitch and cut him off the right, <laughs> right. And sometimes I get lazy and I just like I don't want to do the research on who I could trade for, so I'm just going to drop him. I don't care anymore. But um, yeah, that's really interesting. I, I like all those points you just made. And yeah, if you do pick him up this week and you buy low, you're just praying to the fantasy gods that Baltimore loses next week after after coming off their bye 
get Joe Flacco out of there. Ooh, Lamar Jackson. Burr, burr, Put in Lamar Jackson. You have a young quarterback. Yeah, you want to let him air it out a little bit to see what you have in him. But if you do put in a young quarterback, you have to think that you're going to be running the ball a lot more and leaning on Collins. Bro. So, so yeah, maybe maybe a good buy low, Bro, dude. I, I put it on last I, – I, I mentioned yesterday um, on the podcast that uh, Lamar Jackson, dog, I'm telling you, it's coming. I'm going to I'm, – yeah, it's I might coming. be picking him well, up you better, since I don't have Jameis Winston as a backup. Yeah, you better so hurry up because I'm about to as well. Um, well, you gonna have Rogers, Rogers, Lamar Jackson, and Baker Mayfield. On yeah, fired up, dude. Are you kidding me? I got two kickers, three <laughs> quarterbacks. I'm about to win this league. Oh my dude, goodness! Yeah, don't worry about me. Um, yeah, Lamar <laughs> Jackson, bro. I am ready to go. I made a, a a crazy call in the preseason that Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield were both going to be uh, QB ones. Um, that's not going to happen because they're just not going to have enough numbers by the end of the season. However, from the time they come in, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of jot down from when they actually get in the season, if Lamar does, in fact, become the starter. From that point on, I'm going to kind of gauge as my QB1-ness, and we'll see what happens uh, with the rest of the league. But, dude, loving Lamar Jackson, bro. I'm telling you, I've been on the hype train. I'm driving it. You're welcome to hop on. But I think you got to hurry up because in the next couple of weeks, it's going to happen. Flacco started hot. He is now Flacco. And um, I just – Harp, dude, Harbaugh's fighting for his job, and I know they're fucking BFFs for some reason, but eventually he's going to have to be like, sorry, Joe, you're terrible, and you have been for like 10 years. We need to try something else. And once Lamar goes in there, you know, and, and just – I think he's going to be what Mariota was his rookie year. Throws some dumbass picks, you know, just does rookie shit, but he's also going to be on fire, and they have the weapons there. John Brown, Hayden Hurst, Crabtree, Sneed. Bro, I'm getting fired up on the Ravens. Sorry. Moving on. Um so real fast before we move on, just just one thing to look for if you do like just, you know, if you like watching games, if you like watching game film, if you like to look for these things. One thing I've noticed about Jackson in the preseason, he was really bad with his yeah. checkdowns. He didn't he didn't get past his first look. His first look wasn't there. And like he, you know, the game was so fast and he just scrambles and he, you know, he, he kind of chokes. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And if he does look much more impressive with his you know, going through his checks and, you know, getting his third and his fourth read. Uh, yeah, he might be a really great quarterback. And let, let's not forget, season. I'm not going to compare him to, to Deshaun Watson, but let's not forget that Deshaun Watson was garbage for two two games last season. His his first two mm -hmm. games, he threw for under 200 yards, threw more picks and interception or more picks than touchdowns. He was not good. Then they settled. Mm -hmm. They were like, look, kid, you're the starter. You don't have to worry about it. Like, take a breath. You know, if you throw an interception, we're not going to bench you right away. And they let him do his thing, and he became Deshaun Watson before the injury, and now we're seeing it again this year. So I, I really, really believe Lamar Jackson has that potential. We'll, we'll see if it happens to that magnitude. Of course, that was ridiculous for uh, Watson last year. But I really do believe in, in Lamar Jackson, and I am, I'm waiting. <clears throat> Hopefully it'll happen. Let's move on to the Vikings. So a uh, really quick note, I'm not going to give you all of the stats for Adam Thielen. I'm just going to mention Adam Thielen scored a touchdown this week, but he had 22 receiving yards. You know why? Why? Stephon Diggs. Exactly. Ex dude's, been, dude's been stealing all of Diggs' freaking fantasy it points, and finally Diggs is out, and so Thielen doesn't have anything. So I've got, a, I've got a four-headed monster here for the Vikings. We're running late on the podcast. Let's not try to spend – 
too much time on this, but I just want to mention, I'm not going to run through Thielen's stats. They're amazing. He's incredible. Best fantasy receiver in the league this year. 800-yard you know, games to start the season, yada, yada. This is the only opportunity you're, <laughs> you're going to have to potentially buy Adam Thielen. And Diggs is going to get healthy. Thielen's going to, uh, going to bounce back. Eventually, they have a higher-powered offense. Dalvin Cook is getting healthy. They're going to have a run game. Dude, I think Thielen and Diggs are going to be even better down the stretch. And uh, if you can go get Thielen somehow, buy him low right now. It's still going to cost you a bunch, but buy him low. If you could do like Tyreek Hill for Adam Thielen straight across or Tyreek Hill plus maybe like an RB3 you're not going to use anyway for Adam Thielen on this low game, I would go do that. I would go oh, do yeah. that immediately. Uh, Diggs, we've already both mentioned. Obviously, he's he's uh, didn't play last week. They've on a bye this week, so you're two weeks without Diggs. But we've both mentioned multiple times <clears throat> here, and, and unless your uh, opinion has changed, cut me off. Otherwise, we've both uh, mentioned multiple times that we are all in on Diggs uh, for the for the future. I know you're a Diggs owner. Um, I'm a Diggs owner in, in, a, in a random league as well. So I'm certainly all in on Diggs, all in on Thielen, of course, if you can get them low. And then what I want to talk about are the running backs here. So we have Latavius Murray, who's been crushing it, to be honest. Um, Latavius Murray has five touchdowns in the last four games, filling in for Dalvin Cook. He looks very, very good. But Dalvin Cook came back in this week. He had a 80-yard uh, – well, it was like 76 yards <laughs> on a, a draw play up the middle. But he showed the burst. He got to top speed. He, he was not injured after play. He looked really good, outran some safeties. And basically got tripped up on like the four yard line, but he missed a, a 80 yard touchdown by just a few yards. Um, he looked great on limited touches. Latavius Murray has looked really good as well. Um, I don't think Dalvin Cook comes in after the bye and is like the bell cow because of these injuries. And they do play at Chicago, but I, I'm all in on Dalvin Cook if you can go get him. Um, and again, right now would be the time to do it because he's on a bye. They can't use him. I think he's going to be on fire the next half of the season if he can be healthy. And Latavius Murray, I would check on. I would not fold Latavius Murray because if Dalvin gets hurt again, we've seen what Latavius is able to do as the number one running back. So I'm going to go all in on Dalvin Cook, and I'm going to check Latavius Murray. Oh, that's interesting. I'm, I'm more on a check to fold with uh, with Dalvin Cook just mm-hmm. because – or uh, yeah, yeah, with Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray. I think <sighs> – I just don't think Cook is the bell cow back, at least not this season, maybe next season. But I don't know. He had 10 carries this week. I see him getting 10 to 14 carries the next few weeks. Um, And then maybe he'll become a bell cow back towards the end of the season. But I don't know. I think it's a good opportunity to sell high if you need guys now. And I mean, you know, like Latavius Murray is playing really good. So it doesn't make sense to just like throw Dalvin Cook in there on a full time load right away. And he's he's so delicate and he's been so injured. So I think I think they're going to slow down with him and just take it really carefully. Just take a really cautious approach with with his touches. Okay, fair enough. We'll 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 agree to disagree. Maybe we'll uh, test the waters uh, with uh, with Daniel on that one, too, because I think Dalvin Cook is now healthy finally. Looks really good. He had limited touches, but looked really great. It was nice to see him get that big run, and uh, we'll see what happens. And obviously, we need to check in on um, on uh, Leonard Fournette as well, coming back after the bye too. So man. we'll see, man. If these guys get healthy later in the season, I mean, if these teams that have these guys on them <laughs> are still alive, they're they're gonna get man. a running back one 
um, late, which, which could help them a lot. So, okay, cool. <clears throat> Let's move on to uh, the last two players. I want to talk about Philip Lindsay of the Broncos and uh, my boy, Lamar Miller of the Texans. Let's start with Philip Lindsay. Uh, Philip Lindsay has at least 19 touches for 80 yards over the last two games and two touchdowns over his last three. And Royce Freeman is still battling an uh, uh, ankle injury. I think, you know, well, he's out with the uh, the bye week, obviously, but uh, Royce Freeman could potentially be back following the bye week. Basically, this comes into what is your trust that Royce Freeman will come back? And even if he does, we saw Philip Lindsay out outproduce Royce Freeman early in the season, even when they were both in the backfield. Booker had a nice game two weeks ago. Didn't do anything this week. I'm not worried about Devontae Booker. This is Lindsay, Royce Freeman. If Lindsay's the bell cow, of course, he's a beast. But let's assume Royce comes back. How do you feel about the Broncos moving forward? And Royce or uh, Philip Lindsay, not as an RB one, but uh, you know, an RB two with uh, some some uh, boom potential. Yeah, with Freeman back, yeah, if we have low end RB two flex flex dude. I guess I, I really hate running backs that you know with split backfields. It's really frustrating, but um, but yeah, you know, he's been really consistent, and he's been pretty consistent with Freeman there. So. I don't see that changing too much. Um, so, yeah, where am I at with Lindsay? I'd probably check to fold. Maybe maybe it is a good time to sell high. Um, and he is on a buy right now. So if you need a W this week, uh, maybe package him up and sell high and get a really, you know, get a really solid RB2 with much more upside than cool. Lindsay. Okay, cool. Just testing the waters there. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, a check with Lindsay as well, though he has been reliable uh, without Royce in there. And I, I think – I think that Royce is going to have a bigger role coming out of the bye if he's healthy, personally. Um, I just think the talent's mm-hmm. there, but he was, you know, not able to handle it <clears throat> moving forward. But again, I'm, I'm biased for sure. I've been mentioning this the whole, not shy about it. Uh, he's a former Duck. Um, you know, I live in Eugene. I watched this guy play uh, many years in the, in uh, Eugene here. So love Royce Freeman. I know the t- talent is there. It's just unfortunate he's got this ankle injury. So definitely checking on, uh, on Lindsay, but um, I have a hunch that if Royce comes back healthy after the bye, Lindsay could potentially be a um, fold and a sell high yeah. right now. But I think you're right. Now is the time to do it because if Royce comes back and they start splitting or Royce gets you know up over the top as the bruiser, as it gets cold in Denver down the stretch here, um, I think Lindsay's going to lose some of his value. Last but not least, um, I have to put him on here just because I have to <laughs> put him on here. Um, Lamar Miller. Okay. So we've gone back and forth with Lamar Miller, of course. Now I traded Lamar Miller three weeks ago with Adrian Peterson for Julio Jones. Uh, the following two weeks after I made that trade, Julio Jones had a, a decent game, but then he went on a buy. And the, 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 those two weeks there, um, Lamar Miller had a hundred yards and a touchdown. And so did Adrian Peterson this week, Julio comes back. Adrian Peterson has like 16 or what is it? 26 total yards. And Lamar Miller has 48 total yards and Julio Jones scores his first touchdown. And I think he'll be on fire moving forward. So I don't regret my decision at all, but I wanted to bring up Lamar Miller for those of you that aren't haters and do see the talent and maybe need a RB three with potential RB two upside. Um, I'm clearly biased. And I don't like Lamar Miller. I don't want him on my team. He was on one of my teams on accident. I got rid of him. How do you feel about Lamar Miller unbiasedly with just him being a workhorse running back, a uh, who did get out touched by Alfred Blue, 
but then B on a potent offense and C with a decent schedule uh, at Washington, Tennessee, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Jets, and uh, Philadelphia. So, you know, kind of a 50-50 schedule there down the stretch. Do you want to take a chance on Lamar Miller? Not feeling it. Am I crazy? What's the deal? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I want anything to do with it. Um, especially come playoff time, I I definitely would not want Lamar Miller in my lineup. You just can't trust him. Um, and it is this backfield is a little sticky right now, especially especially like you said, Alfred Blue. He just got more touches, so Alfred Blue's been there in the mix. But now we have Deontay Foreman. It sound it sounds like he's actually he might be starting to practice. He's he's getting close. Um, you know, he's coming off a really tough injury, so it's a pretty long shot with Foreman. But it sounds like he's on the better end than the uh, the really far away end. So I, <laughs> so I I dropped Lamar Miller like a month ago in a, in a random team. Again, sometimes I get lazy and I just don't want to deal with trading these guys. So I just dropped him and I was sick of him. But listen to these running backs that I have on this team. And, and this is also why I dropped him. On this team, I have Todd Gurley, James White, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, Matt Breida, and Marlon Mack. Holy cow. This is like, I've never been this stacked at running backs. Um, so I just wanted to sneak that in there real fast. But yeah, I, I, I don't like Lamar Miller, and, and there's no trust there. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna poop all over your offense when you need him most come, uh, you know, if you're trying to sneak into playoffs or if you are in, you know, playing for the playoffs. Cool. Fair enough. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So fold, fold Lamar Miller really quick to recap the Ravens, Vikings, Broncos, Texans on by this week. And the players we just covered Collins Thielen briefly digs briefly Dalvin cook, Latavius Murray, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman a bit and Lamar Miller. That'll do it. Tomorrow, Daniel and I will be previewing the Week 10 matchups and their fantasy implications. Remember to email us your start, sit, keep, trade, cut questions to tckpod at gmail.com and DM us on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag tckpod. Make sure to follow our IG stories throughout the weekend. Thank you so much for listening. Good luck in Week 10. And for Ryan Curly Para, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.